no deal, a prophetic instruction God gave me from Isaiah 36 to share with us today. And this is a continuation of Isaiah 36. Amen. Now I want to take you straight to Isaiah 37 verse 30 and verse 30 through verse 34 and 35. And I'm going to try my best to walk this through as quickly as possible. Um, to walk you through as quickly as possible. So last week was solely about <clears throat> was solely about no deal. How uh, the king of Assyria, uh, Sennacherib, he came and uh, he wanted to uh, lay siege um, and conquer um, Judah and take over Jerusalem. They had already uh, conquered the fortified cities of Israel and they have conquered Syria. And so now the Rab Sheikah, which is a title that wasn't the person's name from Lankish, uh, uh, he was a chief advisor or a high chief of staff that came down to um, that came down to talk uh, to Hezekiah to tell them that you need to make a deal with the king of Assyria. We're coming to take your building. Don't make no you can't align with no other place. Y'all got a tiny army. Egypt is not good enough. But last Sunday, God told us no deal. There's no deal to be made with the enemy. There's no way that you're going to allow, you're going to sacrifice your obedience uh, to make a deal with the enemy. Hallelujah. And, and to settle for, and to settle for, and, and have the enemy take your freedom and, and have you to, 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 to do and make decisions before the end of this year that's going to affect you in 2020. And so we said last Sunday, it was such a powerful time here. And we begin to, we begin to say no deal over those things that are tempting us to quit, tempting us to give in. No matter what it looks like, we say no deal to the enemy because we trust in the case that God has given us. Hallelujah. We trust in the plan of the Lord. So Isaiah 37 is a continuation. So before we get up to this part, let me just lead you from the earlier parts of Isaiah 37. So what happens is, as we talked about last week in Isaiah 36 in the end verses, you had the three servants of the king of, Hez of king Hezekiah that came back to him in verse 36. You had Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, Shibna, the scribe, and, Asaph, and, and Joah, uh, uh, Joah, the son of Asaph. They came and they said nothing to the Rabshika. They did not uh, respond to his uh, his uh, uh, his deal that he put on the table because King Hezekiah had told them to say nothing, and he told the people to say nothing to them. All right, and so in response, what happens is is that in the Old Testament they used to do some things to describe uh, 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 their their anger, and so they would used to rip their clothes off in mourning and stuff like that, and throw some you know stuff on them and dirt like ah, you know all of that stuff right there. And they were so angry, so they went back and told Hezekiah what uh, the Rab Sheikah had said. And, and Hezekiah was angry too, ripped his, ripped his shirt off, tore his shirt off, and also began to go in mourning. So what he began to do, ladies and gentlemen, is that he, uh, he told those three his, who was in his cabinet, or uh, uh, if you're in the government, uh, the president has a cabinet, uh, and they have different positions. And so he told his high-ranking uh, officers to go to the prophet, to go see and tell the prophet uh, what the Rabshika had told them. 
And the rap sheikah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 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 he came with blasphemous words. These blasphemous words to say that your God will not deliver you. These blasphemous words to think that he, they took that Hezekiah in his obedience, tearing down the high places of worship that was worshiping Baal and all these other gods that was not the God of Israel. Hallelujah. He began, uh, he began to make blasphemous claims and say that the Lord had sent them to conquer, uh, conquer Jerusalem and that we were going to beat you regardless. And so they made all of these claims. Claims, and Isaiah tells uh, 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 his high-ranking officers that King Hezekiah, uh, that King Hezekiah sent to the prophet, and, 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 and the prophet told them what God had said. He said, "Don't worry about the king of Assyria." He said, "I'm going to wipe them out." Because they begin to get off track because it was the Lord who allowed him to overtake those cities. Now, because of the blasphemy that came out of their mouth and because of what they've done to blaspheme the name of the Lord, they're going to be wiped out. And so they went back to Hezekiah and they gave him word of this. They gave him word of this. However... Hallelujah. What the devil will send him to do is when he notices, he comes back again. The rap comes back again. After you hear this word that he's going to destroy the king of Assyrians. And yet I want to tell you that Assyria is still in those places of where, of where they're farming and where the water was. And they sieged those areas because and they sieged those areas and their crops were being destroyed because they were in those areas. Where the water system was in Jerusalem, where it was covering everything and, and, and they were there and that was destroying the crops. Right. And so what happens is the Rabshika comes back with a letter telling them again, your God is not going to do anything. Just paraphrasing everything. Your God is not going to do anything. You better submit yourself Again, coming back with the deal. So what happens is when you get a word from God, there will always be the enemy of your soul that's going to try to combat that word to try to make you think that the word you received is not going to is not going to happen. And so you have to be very careful whose ears, uh, whose mouth you will allow to speak over you after you didn't receive the word from God. Because those words can have an effect to make you start thinking that what you just received from the prophet, the man of God, was wrong. That's why you have to come and gather together because when life comes and it's adversity presented all around you, you need a prophet, a word from God. You need a man of God, the mouthpiece of God, to speak to you. So that's the first thing he did. He went to the man of God. After he heard that, he got the letter. What he then does, King Hezekiah said, you know what, I'm tired of this. It's coming overwhelming. He's experiencing these outside pressures. All right? The pressure is building up on King Hezekiah. Pressure is building up on King Hezekiah. He's feeling the weight uh, uh, and, and they're, 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 they're these words. And, and, and you don't know what Israel, you don't know what Jerusalem and the people are saying that is adding this pressure. And so with all of this pressure that is on Hezekiah, he says, you know what? I, I heard what the man of God said, but I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to carry this weight that I have. And I'm going to go to the holy place. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. So he goes to the temple. 
But he does not go into the holies of holies because he's forbidden. King Uzziah died because he went into the holy of holies and he died. He wasn't supposed to be there. You can't go in there. That was only reserved for the priests once a year. You cannot go in the holies of holies. That was that was that was uh, 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 that was uh, uh, that was the thing that was the law that God had issued, and you could not do that. So he was on the outer court. They would call it the outer court, where he was bringing his petition. He brought the letter that the Rabshika gave him, and and he laid it before God, and he laid it before him. See, that's why you need to have a prayer life. That's why you got to make sure that you have a prayer life because it's not just enough for the man of God to give you a word. Hallelujah. It's not just enough for the man of God to give you a word and you just dance on it and keep it going. No, uh -uh, because there are going to be external pressures even to the word that you received. And even with the word you receive, the enemy's trying to come and choke the seed of the word that you have. And so with not allowing the enemy to choke that word, what Hezekiah then does is says, you know what? I have to go to where God is. Uh, that's another reason why church is so important. Hallelujah. Because you have to go to where God is. Now, God is not at every church, but you need to go into the place where you can experience the presence of God. Not only that, but it's not only that where God is, but God can come where you are. Hallelujah. But for the sake of the text, for me to do justice to the text, what he did was he went into the whole, he went into where the temple was, where God's presence was. And he began to, to, to intercede and he began to lay petition before God. Not only did he lay petition before God, but he laid intercession. He stood in the gap to pray for him and his people. That were under siege. Yeah. Hallelujah. That, 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 that the pressures of life and the pressures will seem to want to overwhelm you and, and, and get you to the point where he, Hezekiah went to pray so that he, his situation wouldn't be magnified. Yeah. Here's what happens when you don't take time in the presence of God to pray and intercede. You will continue to allow the external pressures to magnify itself to such a, a level and to such a degree where you see that there's no hope. And when you see that there's no hope, then you'll make a deal with the enemy to, oh my God, to, to, to allow them to conquer and allow those situations to conquer you. Hey everyone, I'm Oticia, worship leader here at Transformation Christian Fellowship, and we want you to connect your faith with ours by being a part of the Only Believe Capital Campaign. Your contribution to this campaign will help us relocate to the Silver Spring, Maryland area by bringing us closer to the people we serve with more transportation accessibility than what we have currently limited here. It's really simple. All you have to do is text TCF1 to 77977. Under the tab button, select the Only Believe Capital Campaign and enter your amount. It's that simple. We thank you for partnering with us and believing God with us for unbelievable and unpredictable possibilities. And remember, transformation starts here. We want you to connect your faith with us as we embark on an ambitious capital campaign entitled Only Believe. Support us by playing a part in the next stage of our church's history. Here's what I like about Hezekiah, because Hezekiah, ladies and gentlemen, his father was Ahaz. This is important. Ahaz was not a good leader. Ahaz was a wicked king. Ahaz uh, was presented, ladies and gentlemen, watch this, with the same deal. 
he was he was presented with the same deal that Hezekiah, now his son, his successor, is presented with. But then you see the difference between the father and the son. Because the father allowed and, uh, and accepted the agreement that they would uh, that the Assyrians would conquer Jerusalem, but they would allow them to stay there but just under their authority. Them now owing the Assyrians. Now normally the Assyrians would not allow them to stay in their native place because their goal was to repopulate you, take you out of your land. But they agreed to stay in bondage in the land that they had. Instead of you standing upright putting your foot down, being obedient to God, you are going to make a decision to go under the enslavery, under slavery to the Assyrians. Oh my God. And Hezekiah was not going to allow that to happen because what Hezekiah did was bring reform to Judah by tearing down the things that his father had continued to allow of this false worship to happen in God's holy place. And so Hezekiah goes and he prays. He brings it before God. He glazes it on his feet. And he just pretty much in paraphrasing because I don't have time to really preach the whole text. I'm trying to walk you to to get to my point. Reality is he prays and he brings it and he lays the letter in front of the, he lays it there. Say, God, this man is blaspheming your name. They're blaspheming your name. They're saying that you cannot do it for us. You're the holy one. Hallelujah. Sometimes you have to be at a place with God where you just bring what it is in front of them. Your bills. Your family, you lay it at his altar. You lay it at the altar. You set up an altar before wherever you are and you begin to intercede and you begin to lay petitions and he does what First Peter says, casting all your cares upon him. He gets there. God hears him. And the prophet hears from God. Because not only did he give him word earlier, but now God gives him a word directly from the prophet to come back to him. And he's pretty much now we are here at Isaiah 37. My message is not that long. This shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year such as grows of itself. And the second year what springs forth from the same, also in the third year sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat the, eat, and eat the fruit of them. Watch here. Verse 30 is important. He said, this shall be a sign to you. What happened is they laid siege in, seven, uh, in uh, 701 B.C. In 701 B.C., they were there. They begin the, and first of all, when an enemy attacks you is at your most, at, at the one of the most pivotal parts in your life. Yeah. And so how, and so where the enemy goes to try to, uh, 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 to try to bring the pressure at is at one of the most places uh, uh, in, the, in the area of your life that you that 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 is is really effective. That's where it bring pressure at. Why? In Jerusalem, the water supply. 
Go for it. They need it to survive. Cut that off. So let me mess with your finances. You need it. Let me mess with something that you care about, that, that you need, that you rely on. Let me go and lay that because this is what I'm going to use to bring the pressure upon you. This is the device I'm going to use to get you to make decisions that are contrary to what God is telling you. So I'm going to attack you in the most place that you need the most. What happens? The reason why you attack them like this, because like I told you last week in Isaiah 36, the Heze King Hezekiah's court came to him and told him, hey, don't speak in, uh, uh, speak in Aramaic. We can understand that too. Don't speak in Hebrew. But the devil didn't want to do that. The Rabshika didn't want to do that. He wanted to speak in Hebrew so that all of them would hear that we're taking your land and there's nothing you can do about it. Why is that important? Because now with the water supply being, uh, water supply for the most part being cut off, there's a potential chance of a famine. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's a potential chance of a famine. There's a potential chance. And with that being a potential chance, this is going to bring more pressure to get them to cave in. And if you be honest in your life, as you go through this year, there has been more external pressure that you feel that you've got a timeline, different things are happening in front of you, and it's like, oh my God, what is going to happen? Because the goal is, is to get you from being, uh, to get you out of the will of God, is to get you out of his plan, to get you focused in and locked in, ladies and gentlemen, on coming under the weight and the pressure of the enemy's attack. So you can be overwhelmed and conquered by it. That's the goal. And so that's where he attacks him. But God said, this will be a sign to you. He said, you shall eat this year as grows of itself. And the second year, what springs from the same, also in the third year, sow and reap. In other words, what he's saying, by the third year, everything will be back in order again. Everything will be restored again. You're going to sow. It's going to be like a regular thing. And you're going to also reap in the same year, in the third year. And plant vineyards, eat the fruit of them. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, in the first year, it's going to, uh, the first year, such as grows itself. And in the second year, what springs from the same. But in the third year, you're going to sow and reap. Same word that was given over, the same word. That was established at New Year's Eve watch night service yeah. this past year. The word of the Lord that you would sow and reap in the same year. Yeah. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, be reminded of the word of the Lord that you will sow and you will reap in the same year. Verse 31 says, and the remnant have, who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. Watch this. So ladies and gentlemen, the remnant, those who have stayed, those who have persevered, those ladies and gentlemen who I have preserved, what I've been doing in your life, what I've been doing for transformation for those who stayed is growing you downward so that people can see the fruit that goes upward. 
Hallelujah. Now let me tell you something tonight. The stronger your roots are, the stronger when life challenges come your way, the stronger you will be able to have longevity. I'm going to be like an oak tree. An oak tree, it's hard for it to lose its foundation because its roots are so buried in the ground. And here's the thing, you've been trying to figure out why am I not bearing fruit upward yet? Because God is trying to take root, so much root downward so that when the time comes, you'll bear so much fruit upward. And with that fruit being upward, let me tell you something. It will be hard for people to say that God's hand is not on your life. Because, oh my God, and you can't tell me nothing because you weren't with me. When God had me in the hidden places, I know my God. When the seed was going downward, when God was trusting me downward, when God was bringing my bone, I got my flesh under submission downward. So he could elevate me upward and then everyone, the north, the south. The east and the west will know that there's a God on my side. It'll be a sign to the Assyrians that they tried to kill you. But guess what? Because our hand, because we were built downward, God began to lift us up upward. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And Jesus said, you want to know what's going to make you the greatest among them? You got to be a servant. Oh my God, help me in here tonight. If you really want to be the greatest, you got to humble yourself. You got to humble yourself to serve. And when you're serving and you're planning and you're keeping your hands to the plow, eventually God got to have you to plan up one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. As God continues to keep us, TCF, as God continues to keep us, there's going to be a time that's coming and it's here where the fruit will be able to show upward. He said it's going to be a sign to you that you're going to bear fruit upward, but you got to go down. Here's the thing that people don't like. We've been telling you uh, the wrong thing. If you uh, want to be elevated, you got to go low and you got to stay low. You got to go under the hand of God. And that's what Hezekiah did. If I'm going to do anything, I got to stay low. That's why King of Assyria, that's why he messed up. Because he thought there was that great army that was doing all of that. And that's why they blasphemed God's name. And so because he did that, God had to humble that man to show him you're not no better than me. Hallelujah. And he can't use nobody who can't direct the glory to her. Because I'm going to tell you this, everything I got, God got it to me. God gave it to me. God is the one who elevates. God is the one who, oh my God, who, oh my God, elevates kings and drops and brings them down. He said you got to stay low. You got to stay low. I know you're looking at the outward pressure. I know you're seeing what you're seeing, but you got to stay low. Hallelujah. I know it's very entertaining. I know you're waiting for a breakthrough. I know you've been waiting for a while now. 
but you got to stay low. I know you want to take matters into your own hands. I know you really want to see something move, but I want you to be still and know that I am God, because I will be exalted among the nations. I know you want to go and do that. I know you want to do this, but you need to stay low, because in the meantime, you're going to rip. My God in here, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Look at somebody say, my roots are downward, my roots are downward, cause God is elevating me. Hallelujah, Jesus the Christ, hallelujah. So he's here, he's here, said it's gonna be a sign to you. And here he is, he says, for out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant, and those who escape from Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Again, God preserves a remnant, no matter what. People can come, they can go, but that's not God's remnant. Only those who remain are the ones, only, only those who are allowed themselves and allowed themselves to stay under God, only those that the Lord, and let me tell you something, 2020, everybody getting all excited, vision, vision, all of this. Let me tell you something, vision, and according to your little Hebrew calendar, everything had everything to do with eyes in this decade. The next decade is a matter about the matter of mouth, and they make it about 57, 80, and all of this stuff like that. But here's what I'm going to tell you. I don't matter. It don't matter how much you open your mouth and how much faith you, and, and how much things you think of speaking and decreeing and so it be. If you were not bringing your roots in this decade and you weren't bringing your roots and letting yourself be planted under nothing, then the Bible says in Psalm 91, those, oh my God, who, 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 those who are in the courts of God shall flourish. Those who are planted in the courts of our God shall flourish in the courts of our God. So he said, the remnant, he shall do it. All right. Verse 33. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the kingdom of Assyria, he shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield nor build siege mound against it. The Lord is saying, the king of Assyria, whatever it is, whatever the, whatever the king of Assyria represents in your life, whatever that thing is trying to overcome you, the reality is it shall not come into the city, not should, no, not should it even shoot an arrow. Okay, let me get to where I need to go, and we're going to get out of here. But by the way that he came, by the same shall he return. The same way the king of Assyria came to you is the same way that he shall return. Hallelujah. The same way he tried to bully you and try to use intimidated tactics and tried to conquer you and say all of this stuff, the same way he shall leave and return. All right. And it says, says the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and my servant David's sake. Hear me. Hear me good. Today's message was solely about for my sake. In other words, for his sake. 
for God's namesake. He don't need anyone to defend his namesake. God defends his own name because without God's name is his glory that's on the line. And God will not allow anyone to blaspheme his name and to make them think that their name and to make them think that God is not a God of authority and power and that he wouldn't keep, oh my God, his people. And so for that reason, God said, you know what? Don't even worry about it. The battle's not yours anyway. It's mine. Because he's saying to them, he's saying to Hezekiah, he said, for my sake. In other words, for my name's sake, my glory is on the line against the enemy that is trying to defeat and trying to conquer and try to say that I cannot deliver you because of how big the army is. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter how small, it doesn't matter how tiny we may be. God is the one who's the defender. God is the one who's able to do things and do it exceedingly and abundantly. Why? Because it's for his namesake. Hallelujah. TCF, I want you to know tonight that it's all about God's namesake. TCF can't go down. Why can't go down? Because it's for his namesake. He needs somebody to go like Hezekiah that you can turn to your little sang woman. You can turn to all your Oprah TV and all of that stuff. You can turn to all of this junk, your YouTube and TV and do this, all of that stuff. But I'm looking for a remnant that's going to turn to God, that's going to see my face oh Jacob I'm looking for that generation I'm looking for a remnant that's gonna get on their face and pray to see the hand of God to see the hand of God against principalities and powers of wickedness that is trying to overtake a city that's trying to overtake a family that's trying to overtake a region and I want them to rise because it's for my name's sake He's looking for people that saying it's for my name. I'm gonna do it. And that's why TCF ain't going nowhere. Cause God is for his name's sake. God's name is on the line among the people that's made their oh my God, that made their God their home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why you're not going to go down. When people try, when things arise in front of you, in the meantime, God's glory is on the line because you're an ambassador of the glory. And God is not going to let you stand by yourself. Hallelujah. You better be encouraged to know tonight. God's not going to let you stand by yourself. When you stand up, God will stand with you. And that's what he was letting Hezekiah know. You know what, King Hezekiah? You're not alone. Because when you start up in obedience, to me. I must stand up with you because you are faithful despite the external pressure. I will gonna stand up for you, not for your sake, but for my sake. They're not even gonna lay a finger to you. They're not even gonna touch you because it's my name that's on the line. Hallelujah. And not only is it my name on the line, but I made a promise tonight. I made a promise to David. And I said that there was nothing, nothing would ever come and see Jerusalem. I made a promise to David. And so for David's sake, let me tell you something tonight. You don't know who God made a covenant with. In your family's row, oh my God, in your family's line. That said because of David and my name 
safe. I will not allow you to be under siege. Oh my God, help me in this room tonight. You don't know who God has made a covenant with. And there's people God may have made a covenant with your grandfather, your mother, and said because of my faith, because of your faithfulness, I will not allow them to come under siege. Because it's my name that's on the line. It's my power that's being in question. Hallelujah. It's my authority that's being in question. It's my, oh my God, it's my, hallelujah, it's my prestige that's on the climb. And I can't allow no joker to think that the enemy has any power to overcome my child. Oh no. That's why Psalm 106 verse 8 said, nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake that he might make his mighty power known. And that's why God is saving you. That's why God is delivering you. That's why God is, oh my God, doing what he's doing in your life. Because at the end of the way, he's going to make his power known among a church, among a people. That's like, that's why, no matter what you do at us, we're still here for the power, the excellency of his power to be made known. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah tonight. Hallelujah tonight. That's why you gotta survive. That's why you gotta keep pushing. That's why you gotta keep running. No matter the obstacle, no matter the trial, and no matter what hell comes to throw at you, throw it back on hell and say, My God is powerful. His glory will be revealed. His name will be elevated. Hallelujah, the devil is a liar. And Jesus is a fire. Shine. that to you. All I know is for you that his power will be made known. How in the world you're going to get married and you don't got stuff like on the line. His power be made known. I feel like preaching now. His power will be made known because in his my weakness. God is, God is my share. The Lord is my life and my salvation. Lord, hell, I got to be afraid of.
to my grave preaching that the power of God is real that he ain't gonna fail me he will not fail you tonight he will not fail you tonight he will not fail you tonight hallelujah I know I know you come in here when nights like this and you wonder why people are not really here like that like you put everything on the line look at somebody say he will he will do it for his name's sake not for transformation's name not for your name but for his name he will do it tonight that the power of God might be made known tonight he will make his name known among a people that say you know what God I'll be obedient Hallelujah, obedience is better than sacrifice. Don't sacrifice. Don't sacrifice. Don't you throw in and say, oh, I'm a sacrifice. No. Be obedient to the very end. Keep trusting to the very end. This shall be a sign to you. This shall be a sign to you. It won't even touch you. Your health ain't going to get touched. Your family's health not going to get touched. his power to be made known you thought it was about you never was about you it was about that God's power would be made known among the people hallelujah I thank God tonight I thank God I thank God I'll trust in the Lord I'll trust in the Lord tonight I'll trust in the Lord